and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson, and we have an NBA Finals matchup finally set in place after last night's Game 7 between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Andrew, not the greatest Game 7 we saw last night between those two teams, especially from one side of that equation, but... We do have an Eastern Conference champion that will be taking on the Denver Nuggets. What do you mean? That was like one of the most captivating game sevens I've ever seen. Like I was on the edge of my seat. Oh, yeah. Just waiting for the basket to cut the Miami lead down to 18. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I really don't even know what to say about that game last night. Not not a good one. It, it was fantastic because no matter what happened from a Knicks fan perspective was just chef's kiss. It was just perfection. Right. You it, The two outcomes were Miami was going to become the first team ever to blow a 3-0 lead in the history of the NBA. Or a Boston was going to give the Celtics were going to give the city of Boston all this fake hope and thinking, oh, they're going to come back and, you know, they're going to come back and win it on their home court. And they almost did for a second only to play one of the worst offensive games I've ever seen in the history of mankind. Um, you know what that game reminded me of, Nick? And you were there for it in person. I was, okay. Do you remember that St. John's-Georgetown game we went to about four or five years ago? Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the Villanova game this year. Oh, no, no. The St. John's-Georgetown game was 100 times worse than that. That game actually set back college basketball probably 15 years. And maybe humanity five. I'd have to look back after we're done with the show to look about that game because I don't remember it off the top of my head. And I think it's just because of that St. John's Villanova game because that That was that also game was atrocious. That was yeah, that, a that's a good comparison. Game. Um but for Boston, yeah, I mean, let's go into it. Boston almost makes NBA history. They were down three games to nothing in this series, were able to force a game seven, and that's after a thrilling end to Game 6 in which Derek White, you know, gets the offensive rebound off the missed three from Marcus Smart, puts it into the basket with point two on the clock as he went up with the shot, and the Celtics won that game after almost collapsing in the final five minutes of that game. And they were able to force this Game 7, and unfortunately for Boston, they start, and think of it this way, Boston started that game, Johnson, four of six. They were off to a good start. Yeah, and Miami then, was this whole team. They had like five points in the first five minutes. Right. And then Boston pr- proceeded to go 4-23 in their next couple shots. So it was not a good overall performance from the Boston Celtics in that game. And pretty much for most of the series when it comes down to it, especially from the superstars and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they just really did not have the best of series overall. Tatum was big in the first half of game six, did not really do much in the second half of that game. Derek White realistically was the Celtics MVP of this series. And for not him, he would, they would not be in that situation that they got to this game seven in points of game seven. You saw him. He was making a lot of big time shots when they needed it, when they were trailing by double digits and made it a single digit game a couple times. But Boston just had no answer for the Miami Heat, especially guys like, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, um, Max Strews, Duncan Robinson, guys that have been consistent for the Heat in this playoff stretch. They're able to move on to the NBA Finals. They'll take on the Denver Nuggets. They've now become the second eighth seed in NBA history to advance to the NBA Finals, first one being the 1999 New York Knicks. 
and they will take on the Denver Nuggets in those NBA Finals. Should be an interesting one. Yeah, absolutely. But let's break this game down some more. Break this series down some more, I should really should say. Yeah. Um, so I've been waiting for, to save this for a while, and I think I can comfortably save this now. Uh, Jimmy Butler got carried by Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin I, had an unbelievable game I, seven. I, I don't care if he won the game six. The, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't care if he ha- if he won the MVP, the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Uh, if you break down his numbers, I don't know if you've actually broken them down. You, you know what? You know what it kind of reminds me of. I think this is a great comparison for how I thought about this. Jimmy Butler kind of looked disgusted at the end of that game, and he got the award. It kind of reminded me of that Super Bowl with Tom Brady, right, with the twenty-eight to three comeback, and. They should have given it to James White. Exactly. He he knew James White should have gotten the award, and they didn't give it to James White. So, in a sense, maybe Jimmy Butler thought that Caleb Martin should have deserved it, which, realistically, a lot of people believe he should have deserved it. Yeah, he is 100% cognizant about that. Yeah. If I told you Jimmy Butler, blind stats, put up 24.5, 7.5 on 42% shooting, is that really a good series? Is that it's your? Not, it, it's not. It's not good. It's he, it's all right. It's not the greatest. For the series, for the series, he averaged twenty four and a half points on twenty one field goal attempts. Right. That is that is mediocre basketball. That's sh- sh- points per attempt is maybe one point one. Uh, I, to me, that's not a good series. And he wasn't really that great in the Knicks series as well. Too, he had some. He had similar stats. Uh, he carried them. He, here's the thing. I will give him credit if he does not have that. Amazing series versus Milwaukee. They don't win. Miami Heat do not get here. No. The but the role players Gabe Vincent, uh, Max Struess, Caleb Martin. Ca- they've carried the load the last two the last two rounds in the conference yeah, semifinals. Especially and the, conference the way finals. Bam Adebayo was also played in that series. He's absolutely he, terrible. He, was, he he did not. He had a he had started to get down the stretch of that game seven. He started to get into a groove. But for most of those final four games, maybe most of the series, he just wasn't there overall for for Miami, I should say. And now he's got a tough matchup going into the NBA Finals, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But I I, I, I want to shout out uh, Caleb Martin uh, in his in these last yeah. couple of series. Uh, like I said before, Jimmy Butler twenty four and seven on the forty two percent. Caleb Martin had uh, nineteen and. Uh, believe he had 19 points a game 19 and a half points a game to be exact on 60 percent shooting he's the one who carried him this uh this series you could say oh well jimmy butler got him open caleb martin's worst performance was a 5 of 12 night where he got uh where he got 14 points that was his worst performance this series everything else he had games like 7 13 or 11 of 16 11 of 16 twice uh he was going to the line he was making clutch threes he shot 49 percent from three this series it is on on six and a half shot attempts per game. So to me, he's the true MVP this series. He is the reason why they're advancing. Um, and he had a couple of uh, he showed some flashes on that next series, but uh, this he was a series. lot in that game seven too. Yeah, where this was him. Celtics were making it a, a single digit game. They were starting to make it a like starting to make it somewhat interesting. And then Martin would just knock down some big time threes or even a mid range two. He, he had twenty one points or twenty. He had twenty three points for three quarters. Yeah. If he does not have a performance, if he's being regular old Caleb Martin, the Celtics are up by five or six going in the fourth quarter. It's completely the, the tone of the game is completely different. So, to me, he's the hero of this playoff series. 
and credit it. I mean, look where he, look at how his career is also pan. I think didn't Miami pick him up on a waiver or yeah. sign him in free agency after he yeah, got cut by Charlotte? Yes, sir. I mean, it's crazy to think what Miami has done with a lot of these players that they've added to this roster. Not big time players like from the draft. It's been a lot of UDFAs they've had, some second round picks. They've done it with all that they've had. And as much as we don't like to say it, they've gotten very far to this point. We keep saying that a lot in this postseason. But now they're four wins away from an NBA championship. They came very close to doing that in the bubble in 2020 against the Lakers. Now they'll have a chance to do it against Denver in this upcoming NBA Finals. But the next question I have for you, and this is regarding the team that they played in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Boston Celtics, where do they now go from here after this really tough end of the season? A lot of people believe that they were going to win the NBA championship after coming up short last year against Golden State. Obviously, a new head coach had to be named after the, you know, allegations that went down earlier in the season. Joe Mazzulla got... Yeah. Yeah. But besides the point, you know, um, Mazzulla did what he had to do to get Boston to this point. Obviously, a really bad performance in game number seven. Does that... Does the season overall keep Missoula as the head coach? Is it too late for Boston to look into head coaching now at this rate after we've seen a couple you know, teams make a head coaching hire, which we'll get into a little bit later on? Where do the Celtics overall go from here now? So you have to entertain firing Joe Missoula. But you is there any least... better options is the question. So that's the problem. Uh, what would you see as a better option? You I know wanna, Nick Nurse wanna, just got fined. You want to bring, bring back Doc Rivers? Uh, no. Uh, is Mike D'Antoni still available? Uh, it's yeah, he's, he's still, still available, right? Well, he's still on the Sixers staff now. Yeah, but he's. It's not like they have like you know. Well, an iron I think grasp on him. I think the Sixers will do much as they can to try to keep him. hundred so percent. Yeah. yeah. All I'm saying is, if I, I would go after, I think Mike D'Antoni is a way better coach than Joe Mazzulla. Mike D'Antoni did. Um, he did more with less. I think the issue with Missoula is you're not seeing a lot of fight out of the team no. overall in, in, in most of the postseason from the Celtics. And, uh, the sets he set were terrible. His sets for Game 7 were let Jason Tatum uh, dribble the ball into a double team and then kick out and let Jimmy Butler or Caleb Martin or Gabe Vincent, whoever come out in the passing lane, just steal it and go get a dunk or a layup. That was his, that was his strategy for Game 7. So to me, if that's the best you can come up with, uh, sure. And then no, it's a running joke that he watches the town multiple times a week. Uh, I know you're gonna bring that up. Listen, the town didn't have any instructions on how to stop the Miami Heat in the paint, so I, I don't know why he kept on watching the movie. But I think my issue overall for Boston is it has nothing to do with their defense. It has more to do with their offense. Yes, I understand. Most of the year, they were one of the best three point shooting tees in the NBA. And you want to continue that success in the postseason. But they continued and continued and continued to shoot threes. And look how game six went. They shot seven of 35, if I'm not mistaken, in that game. And were very, 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 you know, lucky to get out of that game with a win. They go into this game. They started off the game, I believe, 0 of 11 or 0 of 12 from the three-point line. All of 11. They, they can't continue to consistently try to shoot threes if it's not going in. I know eventually it's going to fall, but if you see your team, 
you're you're starting to get down. You have to. They, what the Celtics did really good in Game Six for most of that first half. They got inside the paint, and Miami had no answer for it. So why did the Celtics just not keep doing that? I understand you're trying to get the sexy three points. It doesn't all the time work for you. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. There's just, and I will say Robert Williams was battling an illness last night, so the primary paint defender wasn't really that available. Would he have changed the game that much? No. Probably not. But you saw when he was in the game, he was blocking shots, getting clutch rebounds, setting the defensive tone. He They were better when he was in the game. But the, the, the game. thing is, it's not even that Miami's offense was huge last night. Like, yes, they, they did what they needed no, to do. No, they terrible. Boston's offense, if they had played, if they actually did something in that game, they could have won. Easily, in my opinion. They could have won. They had to shoot at least somewhat decently. They didn't even try that. Derek White was the only shooter I saw in that game for Boston that was doing stuff consistently. Brown was MIA. Tatum, you saw him roll his ankle earlier in the game. That probably played a factor, but let's face facts. For most of the series and most of the postseason, he just really didn't want to take advantage and just, you know, kind of steps back and lets other players do the work when he's supposed to be the quote unquote superstar of that team. He doesn't take, you know, command and try exactly he doesn't take the initiative to try to help his team get back into the game and he takes some random shots like a random three-pointer and and most of the time isn't going in for him so i don't know where boston goes from here it's another another tough end of the season for them they have a lot of offseason decisions i believe jalen brown right is a free agent coming up soon so they have max eligible 300 million dollar man they have to figure out what to do with him because tatum has already said that he wants Brown back. The question is, after that Game 7 performance, does Boston feel the same way? I don't know. Here's the thing. like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum never performed this poorly in a playoff series. Right. I think it's the head coach. Because remember, when they played under Brad Stevens, they played great. No, under Ime Odoku, they played great too. I'm so what's the comment... Well, I think the common denominator here is they've had three head coaches in three years, and this guy's system sucks the most. I I, I agree with you. I'm it's just... not like it's not like people in the when they were in the finals like, oh my god, Jalen Brown's so bad. It's like, oh no, like just Golden State's unstoppable because they had fantastic games. All, all right. these players just like, they couldn't stop at the end of the prime of Golden State uh, last year. Like I said, I think the the biggest. Decision for Boston is to figure out what to do with Missoula and Jalen Brown. But if they were to fire Missoula, the only issue is I don't know what is available to realistically get you back to this point and further. Is there, I think you go for I think you go for D'Antoni. If they're able to get maybe D'Antoni, maybe I, I just don't know what's if not D'Antoni, then who else? Is there anyone I, I, else? I wouldn't know off the top of my head. Uh, just pulling it off the top, just pulling this up from last like, year. I don't think Monty Williams is getting you there. He, he, we've seen it in Phoenix. It's not. It didn't work out for him there. So a, a younger Jalen Brown last year in the NBA Finals averaged 23.5 points per game uh, with, um, with four assists and seven rebounds a game on 43% shooting. Not great. Not great. He's a little bit – you have to get those percentages up a little bit, but that was his first NBA Finals. And to me right. – that's just an average player. That's like an average star playing in the finals having because, you know, it happens a lot. Kevin Love sometimes did perform the finals. Steph Curry, his percentages go down. Uh, we've seen it with Kevin Durant before where his percentages go down. 
it, it's just kind of, you know, par for the course. It's very hard to get, you know, those 55%, you know, 50% field goal shooters in the NBA Finals. So, to me, uh, this is more in coaching. Right. I, I don't disagree with it at all. I, I think Missoula has to be looked at and had to be held accountable. He took accountability. I'll give him that for game three after they got blown out. I'll give him that. But he he's very lucky that they got to this game seven to begin with. They should have been swept, in my opinion, or should have at least lost in that sixth game. Um, Because they only looked good in realistically one game in this entire series, and that was game five. Yeah, no, they were they were not good at all this it series. Wasn't like, game four, they didn't even play that great either. I think it was more of Miami just played ab- like absolute, you know, really bad in that game. That's why the Celtics won because Miami just couldn't shoot in Game Four. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right with that. It's just um, so many things that could have went right for the Boston Celtics didn't. If they even had an above average shooting performance in that, they would have been fine. But right, it's just really tough to say. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see where they go from here. Head coaching decision could be made. We'll have to see if they do anything in the next couple of days. But rather get back to this point, they got to figure something out very sooner rather than later. Because if not, it could lead to Brown leaving. And it could lead to, you know, Jason Tatum getting very frustrated with the organization and stuff like that. So I'm not sure where the Celtics go. Have to see what happens. But we talked about head coaching hires and potential new head coach for the Boston Celtics, maybe. We did have two NBA coaches get new jobs. One getting his first NBA coaching gig and a former NBA champion getting a new head coaching gig. First one being Adrian Griffin, the assistant for the Toronto Raptors, is now the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, any thoughts about this hire for Milwaukee? Uh, I'm surprised he got the job. You told me earlier in the day that he got the job, and I was like, it didn't really sink in until I read the notes again. Like, wait, Adrian Griffin is the head coach. Well, they, they're, the front runner was Nick Nurse, but Nick Nurse took himself out of the running for that job. Yeah, and that was obviously because we'll get to where we'll he went a little that, bit. Yeah. But, uh, but I guess they want to go with someone young, someone uh, more connected to the game. Right. Um, I want to know Nick Nurse's system, so I mean... Yeah, I mean, he knows this, he was a journeyman in the league. He played overseas. Uh, he was his son uh, is playing for the Hawks right now, I believe. Yeah, his, he's got two sons. Uh, both went to uh, Archbishop Stepanak High School up in White Plains, New York. Um, his son, his younger son, uh, I think it's AJ Griffin or Adrian Griffin Jr., is currently playing for the Atlanta Hawks. He was taken 16 overall, went to Duke last year. Had a really great year. Uh, nine points, two rebounds on forty-seven percent. So coming off the bench, kind of like in the sixth man, seventh man role for the Hawks, and he had a uh, he has another brother too, Adrian Griffin. But I don't know where. Um, I'm sorry, his brother Alan Griffin, who's uh, in and out of the G League. You know, he's not as talented, but he's talented enough to kind of, you know, be in and out of teams. I think he's playing overseas now, but uh, it's a it's a guy who's forty-eight years. Old, so he's going to be around the league for the next fifteen years. Definitely, he's paid his dues coaching for the last uh, fifteen plus years as an assistant, starting with Milwaukee and as late as being in Toronto, like you said, with Nick Nurse. So he's coached under some really good coaches. He's coached under Tibbs. He has coached under 
Nick Nurse. He's coached under Billy Donovan. So he he has some pedigree. Right. Coach, uh, being an assistant coach on these staff. So some knowledge is going to rub off on you just sitting on the bench. And then, of course, he also played on a lot of good teams with a lot of good coaches. So he's been coached on the guys like Rick Carlisle. He's been... Um, He's been coached under a couple different people as well. And but... think, of it, think of it this way, too. His first coaching gig, and he's going into a situation where his team is expecting an NBA championship because the Milwaukee Bucks are coming off a one seed this year and not too long ago won an NBA championship. So they're going to be in the thick, you know, in the conversation for winning a championship next year and be interesting to see how he does in his first year as a full-time head coach. Can he can he win the championship? Has it? I'm trying to think, Johnson. Has the rookie head coach won a championship in his first year? I'm trying top to think head. off the top of my head. Um, was Ty Lue a rookie hit that year he won with Cleveland? Yes, I think he was. I think he was technically a rookie. I have to think. I think I want to say Ty Lue was one. Was Nick Nurse also one? I'm not. Ent- I don't think Nick Nurse was. I think he no, was like a second. He was. I'll look at it right now. So I'll tell. So some of them. That, I think he was a second year guy, but some of them that are up to note for us: Paul Westhead in 1980 with the Lakers, Pat Riley in '82 with the Lakers, Steve Kerr in 2015 with Golden State, Ty Lue in 2016 with Cleveland, and Nick Nurse in 2019. It was. I thought he was a second year guy. Okay, good. I, I forget about too. Steve Kerr because Mark Jackson had that team. And then all of a sudden, Steve Kerr came there and they took right. off. Uh, and the guy before, the other coach I was trying to think of under um, Griffin's career was uh, the legendary Jeff Van Gundy. So he's played under some good coaches, and he's coached right. with some really good coaches. So I, I, I got to imagine his basketball knowledge, his IQ is probably off the charts. Oh, absolutely. And Milwaukee's going to get an opportunity to see that next year and see if they can get back to the point where they could be another, another great team in the Eastern Conference to try to compete for an NBA championship. But... I talked about Nick Nurse, and coincidentally, that's where we're going to get into in the next part of this conversation, as he is now the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. So he took himself out of the running from Milwaukee. He is going to Philadelphia to coach Joel Embiid, maybe James Harden, depending on what happens with that situation. But he will have Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Where, I shouldn't say where, how do you think this will help the Sixers or maybe potentially help them try to get back James Harden? Do you think it will help them get back Harden for next so season? This is, so this is a clear upgrade. Over Doc, yeah. Over Doc Rivers. So if you had Nick Nurse, they're probably in the finals right now, to be quite honest with you. Uh, because they were, you know, they were neck and neck with Boston, and then you got Doc Rivers, right? Right. And then Boston was neck and neck with Miami. So you got to assume that Nick Nurse would at least put him on a level above Boston, how they're playing. If Boston was a quarter of the way from making it to the finals, I think that Nick, this Philly team with Nick Nurse probably would be in that conversation to be in the finals, or they just would have probably lost on a heartbreaker again like they did a couple of years ago when Kawhi Leonard made his run. It's a good hire. Does it keep James Harden? I think it's going to depend on what Houston does, to be honest with you. If Harden likes the way those guys are developing. Jalen Green, Alperin Sengun, uh, Jabari Smith Jr. You plug him in there either at the one or the two, depending on what he wants to play, and you have four young guns that could go right by him. Maybe even trade for another star or try to sign another star in free agency. Do, I don't know what their cap situation looks have, like. They remember, they have a top, I think it was the number four overall draft pick. They do. 
They do. They have so, done before pick. That always could get you some kind of big time player. So to me, it's gonna depend on if Harden really wants to go back to Houston. If they can to me, if they can get him uh a co like a co star. I'm not saying he's not Batman at this point in his career, but prove me right. wrong, James Harden. He's not Batman anymore, but he's definitely uh a way above average Robin. Like the same sense that Kyrie was the uh the Robin to LeBron's Batman. He's kind of in. I, I would put him in that conversation right now. So if you give him some on equal footing, I, I don't know who would be available in free agency. Would he even have interest of going to Houston? You put those two together with all those young players, that young nucleus you got down there. You don't have to give up much. I, I think you could be cooking with something down there. You got Amy Yudoka, who's a good head coach. Uh, believe it or not, if they can add Harden and another of a super, another superstar or even a star player, very dark horse finals contenders. In my opinion. Wow. Okay. This is all really, really big ifs. Yeah. Uh, the probability of this happening, it, it's not like a, um, I'm not going to say, um, oh, yeah, this sure, this sure fire. I think but- we're in for an interesting offseason either way because we have Kyrie also. We have to figure out where yeah, he's going to so go much, potentially. I mean, listen, I don't know if there's a lot situations of like, but if you got a player, not saying Kyrie, but a player like Kyrie to play along James Harden yeah. of his equal skill. To call him a, a, a finals dark horse with all that young talent as they continue to develop year after year, I, I don't think that's um, that's too far off. Yeah, I I think it would be interesting. But for the Sixers, I mean, they got a guy in Nick Nurse who's recently won an NBA championship, can bring that championship pedigree to Philadelphia and hopefully try to get guys like Embiid and Maxi to the NBA Finals. They were so close this year, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, following in Game 7 to the Boston Celtics. That game, they looked pretty bad as well. Can kind of ironic how they played bad in that game seven, like Boston did um, yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see what, how the Sixers will do going into next season. Um, do you think they'll do better than they did this season, or is it still all contingent on what happens in the off season? I I, th- I think either way, if it's they if they but... run it if they run it back with the exact same roster, let's say if they're able to run it back, yeah. If they're able to run it back and there's no injuries, they're gonna do better. Okay, that's that's how I look at it. If there's no injuries, and I mean there could be something stupid happen too. Like you could yeah, have you like LeBron force his way to team in the East, and now all of a sudden there's a new super team in the East, or you could have like you know Kawhi Leonard pop out of nowhere, or Kyrie Irving go join a team in the East, and all of a sudden the whole trajectory is flipped upside its head. So it's give me the off season first before yeah. I start making. But if it stands right now. I'm comfortable saying that. If, if if the assumptions that we have that James Harden stays, uh, everyone stays healthy, you know, the East doesn't change that much. There's maybe a couple shakeups here and there. Philadelphia at least makes the conference finals. Okay. I, I think that's definitely fair to say, but the offseason could bring a multitude of moves to happen. And we're still waiting on some of these other teams to also make new head coaching hires. I believe the Suns are still looking for a head coach. Um... Who else needs a head coach at the top of my head? Boston about two days. Maybe Boston, yeah. We don't know about what they're doing yet. Um, I can't think of the other teams at the top of my head, but we there's, there's still potential for teams to make some big-time moves. Oh, and I think maybe... Detroit is looking for one, too, but that's not really relevant. Right. Oh, yeah, Dwayne Casey, right. Dwayne Casey quietly stepped down. He wasn't really talking talk about much. But the, is the he in the, teams... office, the uh, head office now? Uh, I'm not I sure. Th- I know he stepped down as a head coach. I don't know if he's a GM or not, but 
I have to look up and see. I don't think there is any uh, other head coaching jobs besides those two. Because the Sixers just hired Nurse. Oh, did Washington hire a coach? Did they uh, fire him? Is Wes Onsell still there? I don't know. Um, that's a good question. But I think we got all the uh, the relevant ones. I think I think uh, we're we're, we're getting I think Wes Junior is still there. He's still there. He's still there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the um, the Raptors then. Oh yeah, they, of course. Yeah, they they didn't hi- they didn't hire anyone for for yeah, because that nurse. was that was so stupid of him to, to fire Nick Nurse. And I know they were looking at Steve Nash too, so that'd be one hell of an upgrade. Yeah, I was just about to get into it. You if you if I there's some those two teams, the Suns and the and the Raptors, they are they have been looking at and the Pistons also. There is a lot of you know potential replacements that they could you know hire that I'm looking at right now. I see for the Pistons, they're looking at Kevin Ali, the former UConn uh, head coach. Terrible. Jerry Stackhouse is at Vanderbilt right now. Awful. Um, the Suns are looking at Ty Lue. Mike Budenholzer. The Raptors are looking at Kenny Atkinson. Uh, There's good assistants out there, or guys that just got fired that could thrive elsewhere. You said Atkinson. <laughs> Reddick, I, Steve uh, Nash. Nope, nope. Uh, Budenholzer, Kenny Atkinson, Mike D'Antoni. The, all these guys can thrive in an, on another team. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to championship, but they're going to raise the floor on these teams. Oh, yeah. Dwayne, yeah, I was right. Dwayne Casey is now in the front office now for the Pistons. Okay. Well, I guess the more you know. I hope he's a better drafter than uh, than coach. They got another team. They're another team that has like some young talent that, if developed nicely, could be. Yeah, they have a superstar the goal there. They'll be fine. Yeah. Give it a year, Detroit. Give it a year. But – we were talking about the NBA Finals a lot. Then it's time, Johnson, to finally make our picks for this year's NBA Finals. Now, when we made the original picks at the beginning of the postseason, don't think we really expected the Miami Heat to get here. I think we were kind of seeing Denver getting to this point, but a lot of us had the Phoenix Suns getting into the NBA Finals. That did not happen. But being that as it may, we have the Miami Heat, and the Denver Nuggets in this year's NBA Finals. Do you want to go first in this mushing hour, deciding who will be this year's NBA champion? Give me the Denver Nuggets in six. And I can go into this very briefly. I don't want to take up too much time, so I'll let you go into it as well. But here's my logic. Nikola Jokic played his worst game or his worst series against Minnesota, where he won in five. His worst series so far was against Rudy Gobert, who's one of the better defenders in the paint, and Carl Anthony Towns, who's not a great defender. I would say when he gives effort, he is a average defender, but he doesn't give effort all the time. Okay. A lot of the time. And he averaged 26, 12 and a half, and 9, with Rudy Gobert as his primary defender. Then he went to Phoenix when he had uh, DeAndre Ayton as his primary defender, and Kevin Durant, who we know who wasn't going to defend him like that, but he's technically the power forward. And he had 34, 13, and 10. Then he had an all-world defender like Anthony Davis and whoever the power forward is. People say, oh, Rory Hachimura was going to stop Jokic uh, in a sweep 28, 14, and a half, and 12. And what was the key The key factor, at least in the Wolves series and the Lakers series, they had a serious defender in the middle that could at least deal with him somewhat. Rudy Gobert and Anthony Davis. 
I'm not saying I know Ryan Hicks is listening to this. I know I'm not saying Rudy Gobert is the all end of defender. But I'm saying he's an extremely good defender in the paint, which where Jokic gets a lot of his points. He gets some uh, in the post. He gets some off floaters, uh, offensive rebounds, and the putbacks. That's his game. Now, that being said, who's defending him on the Miami Heat? Who are you asking I, I me? Could, I could tell you who it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be Bam Adebayo starting at center, who at least this postseason. I wouldn't be surprised if they put Caleb Martin on him. Six foot five, Caleb Martin is going to stop Nikola Jokic. I'm not saying he's going to stop. I know him. he's I'm not. Saying, I know gotta, he's not. But you got to put his good defend him. They don't like, really have, you know, as much versatility I think as Denver has. Yeah, they, they don't. That's the problem. So you're gonna put Bam out of bio, and Caleb Martin on him, and maybe if Kevin Love gets minutes again, you're gonna have Kevin Love out there for ten minutes trying to defend this guy. This is a nightmare mismatch for Miami, which is why I have Nuggets and six. Uh, they've been pretty well rested the last week, pretty much. They haven't been playing. Miami, Miami's been sweating. Those play, that starting five has been playing 40 minutes a night. Now they're going to go to Denver, the highest altitude in the league, a mile high above sea level. It's hard to breathe. It's, the conditioning is worse. And Denver's been doing it the entire year. Jokic's been doing that for eight years now. Murray's been doing that for five, six years now. All these guys have been doing it for a while. So... Home game, they've got home court advantage, NBA Finals in 48 hours. They just spent a week playing 40 minutes with Miami, and Denver's had the week off. Uh, give me the heat in uh, – I'll give the heat to win one or two games at home, but give me the Denver Nuggets in six. I think another, my MVP. I think another thing you have to factor into the series is also the altitude going into Denver. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because it's a mile above sea level. That plays a huge factor. LeBron James even said that was screwing up a lot with him in that series against the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. That plays a huge factor when it comes and down to it. And he is probably the one of the most conditioned athletes, not just in basketball, of athletes of the last 50 years is LeBron James. Right. And if he's having conditioning issues, God help the rest of the league. So think of it that way. You have all the you have that going into it, and you said Miami just played yesterday, and now on Thursday, they're playing game one. They don't have much time to, you know, to rest going into this series with the Nuggets. I think overall, when it comes down to it now, my pick is Denver 2 to win. I just think Denver has been, out of all the teams throughout this postseason, they've been the most consistent team. They haven't shown any flaws. They've been very... Good when they needed the most. Yes, there's been sometimes there's been some lapses. We will I will say that where they have a, a you know they're either down double digits or they're up double digits and they allow those teams to either come back and or if they're down double digits they let them increase the lead. But they're able to persevere and you know able to hold on to win those games, which is what you want out of your team at least to hold on to win. You don't want them to blow those leads, obviously, but you want them to hold on at the end of the day and win those games. And Denver can do that. Now, the choice I'm trying to figure out is how long this series can go. Because Miami has played in a lot of long series in this postseason compared to what Denver has had. Denver hasn't really played in a lot of 
big time series. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the longest playoff series they've had was six the games. Yep, six games. And they Miami four, five, and six. And Miami, I think, has had five, six, and seven. Like seven, yeah. And they also play two playing games. Keep that in mind too. No, they're battle. Th- they they are battle tested. They are they are very battle tested. Now, a good thing for Miami that they have going for them is that Tyler Hero could be back for them in game number three, and I think that will play dividends to them considering how the way they are shooting right now. To add another shooter like that to your team could be very helpful to, for them to try to make this series. I think at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be as much as they can get to win. I like the six pick because anytime you're trying to pick a team to win a series, especially for the NBA Finals, most of the time the team that wins the championship, they don't really win it at home. I'm trying to think of like the the, the most recent championships that won at home. Milwaukee did it. Um, I think the Golden State Warriors in one of those years against Cleveland, they won it at mm-hmm. home. But I think most of the time, the teams win it on the road. So if that's the case, you're looking five or seven then. I'm sorry, you're looking in four? Yeah, four uh, or six. Yeah, four or six, my bad. The, the problem is, am I mushing it too much by us both picking six in six games? I don't think, I think so. My, I think um, Miami could take a game or two. I think they take. I think they can take two games, and that's not unrealistic. You know what? I screw my narrative. Put the give me Denver in five. Nuggets in five. All right, I'll take Nuggets in five to not fully mush it because I think us both picking the same amount of games probably will make something bad happen. Because let's face facts, we both don't want Miami to win. No offense to any Heat fans. It just comes down to. We're still lingering from that next series. We're we're still very very sour from that series. Um, I just think Denver is just a really good team. I, I haven't been a big fan of them the last couple of years, but the way Jamal Murray has been playing this postseason as well, you're seeing so many good things come out of Denver right now. If it all can stay consistent for them, they're going to win the NBA championship this year, and. I know it's gonna if Denver wins, it's probably gonna be Jokic for Finals MVP. But for me personally, I think Jamal Murray deserves Finals MVP if they're able to win the championship. So I'm gonna put that as my pick to win. Going Jamal Murray? I'm gonna go Jamal Murray. I he, I okay, th- that'd be one hell of a- I think he deserved it in the Western Conference Finals, if you think about it. Because let's face it, he was shooting unbelievable in that series against the Lakers. Did Jokic deserve it? No question about it. He deserved it. But I think if you were able to somehow split the award, Murray also deserved it too. He's been great for Denver. And we've said it on multiple occasions. When Jamal Murray is good, Denver is really, really good. And if he stays healthy, Denver is a problem. You I got everything. Lo- you you have. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I said this last year. Everyone was calling me, oh, I thought Denver was good. And like, yeah, if they don't have Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, when they get those two guys back, they're going to be really good, and they're going to go to the finals. And here we are. We didn't even mention Michael Porter Jr. He's doing right. his exact role. He's he's averaging, I think, sixteen points a game. He's shooting the ball well. He's defending well. He's passing when he has to. I know he doesn't have many assists on the year. That's the running joke. And, I, and I've been a fan of Aaron Gordon for a while when he was back in Orlando. I, I he's been one of my favorite players in the NBA. You know, now, this is his this is his ceiling though. The third option right. that's this is fine for him. I don't think it's the third option. Is he, is he not the fourth? 
on that team? I think I think he's above Michael Porter Jr. I don't I know. I think he's either above know. or on on par with Michael Porter Jr. He's either the third of. I would say they're tied for the third option. That's fair. I, I'm not. I'm not sure who I take between the two, but being that as it may, I'm going to take Denver to win in five. I'll take Jamal Murray to win my Finals MVP. I think it will be Jokic realistically, but I would personally love to see Jamal Murray win it because he's been uh, the glue for Denver for most of this postseason run, and it would be really fun for him to win it and help Denver win its first ever NBA championship. Would be one hell of a championship. It would be a great championship, but it's going to be a great end of the season between these two teams. Miami is looking to make some NBA history once again. Denver is looking to also make some franchise history and win that first NBA championship. We'll have to see how it all unfolds. Game one of the NBA Finals starting this Thursday on ABC. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. The Miami Heat are your Easter Conference Finals champions. They're going to play the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals this upcoming Thursday. We'll have to see how they fare in that series and who will come out on top as this year's NBA champions. For the All Gas No Break Sports Show, this is Nicholas Pavona and Andrew Johnson. We will see you next week here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show.